It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you today? Doing pretty well. What's going on, man? Oh, not too much. Got a few more signings since we recorded yesterday. It's crazy how fast things have been moving uh, around the league. Free agency doesn't officially open for another couple of hours. We recorded this about 1 o'clock on Wednesday afternoon, but it seems like at least the first wave, and we're halfway into the second wave before free agency officially opens. We'll talk about the the, the guys the Titans have signed since we talked yesterday. Uh, before we do that, I remind you we write from UCMiracles.com where we cover the Titans for SB Nation. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at JMorrisMCM. Terry's at T Lambert TN. It's a podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just search out Locked On Titans. You can also call and leave us a voicemail, 615-787-8762. Leave us about a minute-long message, uh, your reaction to free agency, questions, anything like, anything like that. Uh, and we'll try to get one of those shows in later on this week. Uh, and then you can also place on your smart speaker uh, in your house, your car, wherever it is that you have a smart speaker. Just say play podcast Locked On Titans, and you will get us there. All right, so not long after we got done recording yesterday, it was announced that the Titans had signed Roger Saffold, the guard from the Rams. Uh, We knew the Titans needed to upgrade their interior offensive line. Uh, There hadn't been a whole lot of, you know, movement on that front about this time yesterday, but then later on it came out that they were bringing in Saffold. And look, I mean, it's good. Uh, You know, you assume this means that, that Quentin Spain will not be back here no, no real huge surprise there. Saffold is an upgrade over Quentin Spain. So, I mean, I think they have upgraded the line, uh, it, the interior line, but I think there's still more that needs to be done because, in my opinion, they need to replace Josh Klein as well. But right now it doesn't look like they're, necessar- they're necessarily looking to do that. No, they love Josh Klein, and, and that's something that, that we've said for uh, months now. Uh, it's just really apparent that – He's going to be on this roster and in this starting lineup. So I, I think you can I, – I know you said Titans need to replace him, but I think you can probably take it to the bank that he's probably going to be on this roster in in this starting lineup. So I, I think where it gets interesting is Ben Jones, at the the center. Uh, you know, you could you could afford to, to upgrade there. Uh, you know, we've talked about some options in the, in the draft there. Garrett Bradbury uh, is, is a popular name among Titans fans. If you want to really max out the offensive line, I, I wouldn't uh, scoff at that. But uh, on to Saffold, I, I think it, it's a it's a big upgrade there. I, I know we like Quentin Spain as a young, uh, you know, kind of cheap player, um, but Saffold is a guy that that really uh, excels in the run game. Uh, it seems like that's what the Titans are gonna gonna do here with Derrick Henry. So uh, move some bodies for for Todd Gurley out in L.A. Uh, was Pro Football Focus's fourth-rated run blocker as a guard out of 88 uh, total qualifiers there. So uh, no question about it. You know, the, the guy can get after it in the run game. Uh, that's that's what the Titans are going to utilize him. I expect to see a ton of runs for Derrick Henry towards that left side. Lawan and Saffold, uh, that's a pretty dangerous duo there. Uh, so once again, you know the league's kind of going with with speed and, and passing. The Titans seem to be loading up for the run game. So uh, on the one hand, that that's really exciting. On the other, you wish they'd they you know put a little more into this passing game. But uh, I think this running game is going to be pretty awesome this year. Yeah, I mean uh, clearly they are counting on Derrick Henry to replicate the performance that he had 
at the end of the year last year. Um, you know, and I don't think, you know, I, I don't think it was a fluke. I, I think he just kind of figured some things out. So, I mean, I, I think you can count on him. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think he's going to rush for 200 yards a game or anything like that. But I think you can count on him being a productive guy, whereas there were definitely points even, you know, into what, late October, early November last year, where we were wondering if he would ever even be able to be a productive running back. So you've, you've got that with him. Like you said, they're obviously bulking up the offensive line to move guys in front of him. Um, you know, the outside zone stuff, that that was what the Rams did. Um, so now you bring Saffold here. You know, assuming that they're going to keep the concepts similar to what they were doing under uh, Matt LaFleur. You know, Saffold comes from Sean McVay. So, I mean, should have an understanding of the offense and how all that works. So should be able to get acclimated pretty quickly. But, yeah, I, you know, at this point, I just I, I really didn't think that both Ben Jones and Josh Klein would be on this team when the 2019 season started. I guess it's still possible that they wouldn't be. But, I mean, you got a lot of money in those two guys. Ben Jones has a $5.3 million cap number this year. Josh Klein's at Um, that, I mean, they, they save quite a bit of money if they cut Ben Jones. I'm not sure they necessarily need to do that. But you save like $4.5 million against the cap if you cut him, where you only save about three point two if you cut Josh Klein. We saw last year, you know, when they the, the one game where they shuffled the offensive line when everybody was healthy, they sat Spain down, and they moved Jones to guard, brought Corey Levin to play center. So, I, you know, I mean, they, I guess, viewed Spain as the problem. Now, you know, I'm no expert on offensive line play, but if you look at things like pro football focus, Spain was better than Klein. Spain wasn't necessarily great, but he was better than Klein. But this team loves Klein. They, you know, brought him back because he was supposed to be a better fit for the new offense. Gave him a bunch of money last year when it didn't really seem that they absolutely had to do that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'd still be a little bit surprised if we go into if, – if they draft a guy early, an injured offensive lineman early in the draft, meaning like in the first three rounds, there's no way they can carry both Jones and Klein with an early draft pick, Right. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think where it comes down to on Spain versus Klein, I think Klein can move better. I think he's the better athlete. Uh, so while you know the PFF grades may may differ, um, Klein's the guy that can move, get to the second level, and seal some things off and make things happen in the run game. That's my that's my best guess there, uh, and and that that's also my best guess on, on why I think they'd be in on a guy like Garrett Bradbury. Uh, you know, even with this huge Saffold deal. Uh, even with Ben Jones still on the roster, you take that guy there, you maximize this offensive line, man, you're going to move some bodies. I, I mean, this run game would really pop. I, I think Derrick Henry would, would challenge for the NFL uh, rushing crown. Uh, so I, I think that would be really exciting. And, you know, it, more so just maximizing this offensive line for Marcus Mariota. I mean, how many times did he he get he take shots last year? Uh, and part of that's on him. You know, we, we talked about him holding onto the ball for too long. Uh, plenty of people talked about that, but maximizing this and, and, and building off of play action—that's exciting. Uh, don't know again, like you're saying, I don't know what the final combination is going to be, but uh, Saffold in the mix is a huge upgrade. You know, we'll see. We'll see if if, if Ben Jones gets moved. I, I don't know. I I I'd guess Ben Jones and Josh Klein are going to be at the on the roster at this point. I just think we would have already seen that, don't you? Yeah, I mean, it would have made sense for them to be cut, you know, in this, these weeks leading up to the beginning of free agency, and they haven't been. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just it just seems – and maybe they won't draft anybody high. I mean, that's certainly a possibility. They, there are other places they could go, so you could have both of those guys. So, I don't know. That will be something interesting to watch. 
All right, coming up, we will get to the upgrade that the Titans made in the edge rusher department. Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger, a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so later last night it was reported that the Titans were signing Cameron Wake. Um, Such an interesting dude. Uh, you know, he's 37 years old, which is, you know, obviously not young for a football player, an edge rusher, however you want to say it, but a guy that's still been productive. You know, when it came out, it was a, it was a three-year deal, but the structure was announced kind of right before we went on here today, and it's basically a one-year deal. I mean, all the guaranteed money's in the first year, small cap hits, you know, if they cut in, basically option years after this first year. So, obviously, they needed to get depth there they needed some experience there because you've got some guys Harold Landry Sharif Finch Kamale Correa guys that I mean I think they like and you know showed flashes last year but all really young guys so you needed some you needed some experience in that room with Arakpo retiring Derek Morgan being a free agent you know I think we can safely assume at this point that he won't be back here uh so you get you get the experience there that's good a guy that's still been productive um so I mean I, I think all that is good this is this helps them fit a need, but I don't think it precludes them from taking an edge rusher at 19 if there's a guy that they like because you're still looking you know down the road a little bit, and if you don't take one this year, you're going to be right back needing one next year. Uh, I mean, you know, Cameron Wake, like I said, he's still been productive, but I don't think you count on him into his 38, 39-year-old years. So, I mean, I think this means they don't have to reach for an edge rusher at 19, but I don't think it takes them out of the discussion for taking a guy if there's one there that they like. Absolutely. You're not going to pass on your top-rated edge rusher if he's there because you signed Cameron Wake. But, yeah, I, I do think it builds in flexibility. Uh, like you said, it doesn't lock them into anything, and we've seen John Robinson do this in the past, uh, at least with most of his positions heading into the draft. So uh, I, I like the deal. You know, I, I hinted at it uh, yesterday. We talked about it yesterday, and it happened um good good to go one for at least about a hundred you know so far so that's good uh but getting (laughs) getting a veteran in the room you know we need to talk about what this is going to do for for Landry and Finch and Correa I mean Wake's going to share some secrets there and and help these guys along and, and and serve as a mentor here uh help them refine their game you know I don't think he's going to be a full-time player uh but you know he's going to be productive uh, 27 and a half sacks over the past three years. Uh, I, I know he's 37 years old, but the numbers still match up there. So uh, only six sacks last season, but I, I think the Titans are going to ask him to do less and, and, and kind of rotate in. Uh, so I, I'm excited. I, I think it's exactly what the Titans need. 
glad they didn't pay in this first wave of these edge rushers. It was just crazy numbers. So they didn't get locked into anything. Uh, they can attack it in the draft if they want, uh, but they certainly do not have to. Yeah, if you're just looking at production, I mean, this is a much better deal than, you know, a couple of those other guys' guys, Darius Smith, you know. I mean, when you look at the at the numbers that Wake's put up, and like you said, he, he's going to be a, a, you know, a special packages player. He's not going to be out there every down. But, like, you, you experience, knowing how to get up a quarterback, all that type of stuff, that's obviously going to be something that they need in that room. And, again, you've got a guy that can come in. He, he did that, just have six sacks last year, but he had 17 quarterback hits. So, I mean, uh, still a productive guy that, it, that can at least make a, make a quarterback uncomfortable, which is obviously what they're trying to do. And, I mean, I think he's an upgrade over Derek Morgan and probably even Brian Arakpo. Um, you know, you just saw he didn't, he didn't have it last year. Um, it was it was time for him to move on. So uh, another good deal here, the one that doesn't break the bank and, and at least gives them a band aid for this year. And hopefully they bring in a guy he can help tutor that guy, and then that you know that edge group can be really strong heading heading into this season and into 2020. The other move the Titans made later on last night, re-signed Kevin Pamphil to a one year deal. Um, you know he's kind of a forgotten guy this year because he got hurt early on. But, you know, he came in and, you know, last year when they signed him, and he was supposed to be, you know, a guy that came in and competed with Quentin Spain for that guard spot. I mean, that's what everybody kind of assumed it was going to be Spain, uh, Pamphil, and Suafilo that came in and, uh, you know, fought for that spot. That was never the case. Spain was, was, the, was the guy there from the beginning. But Pamphil was forced to play tackle, uh, you know, the week where, all, where everybody was hurt. Uh, where you know you had Dennis Kelly out with the illness, you had Jack Conklin still recovering from the, from the ACL injury. Taylor Lewan had a concussion, so you, you had a lot of stuff going on early in the season. Panfield filled in, played well, uh, ended up getting hurt. I think what, what week three or four and missing the rest of the season. But a guy that was good for them, a good rotational piece, a guy that can play guard or tackle uh, in a pinch. So you can never have enough of those guys as you know your backup offensive lineman. Yeah, we talked a lot about Dennis Kelly and, and his worth to this team. Uh, Penfield is, you know, probably the, the next guy in line. Uh, would probably take over for a guard if, if they were to go down. So, you know, you, you can't have enough competitive depth. So I think the Titans did a good job adding him back here. Uh, it was going to be an important piece last year. Unfortunately, got hurt, like you said. So good to see him back. Um, again, I, we don't know if Titans are going to be done on the offensive line, but you, I think you can pretty much lock in Kelly and Panfield as your sixth and seventh offensive lineman. Yeah, and and you know just, just versatility there, and you can maybe not have to carry as many guys there as you would if you didn't have guys that could play both spots. So um, you know, good to have him back. Like I said, anytime you can have those types of guys, the guys that they're familiar with, and all that stuff. All right, so that's pretty much what the Titans have done since yesterday. Again, recording this at you know one one thirty. On Wednesday afternoon, we'll see if anything happens when the new eight when the new year opens uh, around three o'clock central. All right, to finish up the show today, we'll talk about some moves that have been made around the league since we recorded yesterday. Obviously, the biggest thing that happened uh, kind of overnight was Odell Beckham being traded to the Browns. Uh, you have to really like what the Browns have done. They gave a first and a third, and I think Jabril Peppers to get Odell Beckham. Uh, you, it, it's really hard to understand what the Giants are trying to do. You know, they gave Odell Beckham a new contract, and they traded him. They've got like $16 million, uh, in, in dead money against our cap for Beckham this year. 
so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense there. But, man, the Browns don't look now. But uh, on paper, they've got one of the most dynamic, scary offenses. When you look at Baker Mayfield, who had a really, really good first year, you've got Nick, Nick Chubbs running back. you got Kareem Hunt. I mean, to some extent, I don't know what his suspension will look like, but they, they, they've signed him. You've got Jarvis Landry. You've got Odell Beckham now. You've got David Njoku. So, you know, they, they've done a lot with, you know, they, for a while there, they were kind of stockpiling draft picks. They've done a good job of turning those into productive players. They're, they're good on defense as well. So, um, you know, I, I really like that deal for them. First and a third is, is kind of a lot to give up for a guy, but they're at the point now where, you know, they, they could be a player or two away from adding to their young core to, you know, being in that window to make a run with a young quarterback. And so I think this is a great deal for them. So interesting there because Sashi Brown, you know, got all those picks and then he gets fired before he gets to use them. Um, but, you know, John Dorsey has come in and made great move after great move, uh, building this roster into now. I, I mean, we could legitimately say that they, they could be a top five offense next year with the way Baker Mayfield plays. So, yeah, I mean, they're terrifying. They, they've gone from, uh, you know, wild card team to potential favorite in the north with all this, this Antonio Brown stuff with the Steelers and all that. So um, I think you're going to hear a lot out of the Browns over the next five years because, you know, they're in that window now. You know, we always talk about the window with the quarterback before you have to pay him. Baker's in his second year, and they're already maximizing this roster out around him. So uh, it's a strange time, you know. It, Cleveland's suddenly becoming a, a destination for free agents with that roster that they've, they've got. Everyone's going to want to go play with Baker uh, over these next four or five seasons. So uh, weird time, but, you know, it, it's a great, great move for, for Cleveland. Uh, again, no idea what the Giants are doing. They're hitching their wagon to to a 38-year-old Eli Manning. You know, poor Saquon's going to get 35 touches a game, and they're going to run him into the ground. So uh, no idea what, what Gettleman's doing up there. But from a Browns perspective, this is really awesome. Yeah, and then other big moves that have happened uh, just right before we started recording, Tyrell Williams is, is signed with the Raiders. Haven't seen the terms of that deal yet, but that's the guy that was, you know, by most accounts, the, the best receiver in this in this free agency class. I don't know how much money he's going to get, but I'm, I'm sure it'll be pretty substantial. So you've got that. You've got Le'Veon Bell agreeing to terms with the Jets. It became obvious, you know, as the day went on yesterday that it was pretty much the, the Jets are bust. Um, I think he was trying to get, drum up some other interest, but uh, it just it just wasn't happening. And, it, you know, it was kind of reported that the Jets had given him a, a deadline. So, you know, I mean, listen, Le'Veon Bell's a really good player. Uh, they gave him a bunch of money, but the Jets have cap room. You've got a young quarterback up there. Uh, give him another weapon. That, that, that's kind of a good thing. You know, with, with Tyrell to the Raiders, you just kind of wonder. Now you've got Antonio Brown. You've got Tyrell Williams. Derek Carr's the quarterback. I just I don't know. We'll see. I mean, maybe they're going to draft one. Who knows? But um, you know, they the, the Raiders have obviously done a pretty good job of, of stockpiling weapons. But it'll be interesting to see if, if they've got enough in Derek Carr to be able to take advantage of that. I think the Le'Veon thing is really interesting because he gave up fourteen and a half million uh, to sit out last year, and now he signs on for what twelve million a year. So I, I think he uh, he figured out firsthand how the NFL is kind of devaluing the running backs these days. He probably lost out on $14 million, quite honestly, because you know you know, Pittsburgh wanted to keep him around. They probably offered him a similar type deal at some point in time when they were tagging him each year. So um, I really think he botched this process and, and just handed uh, handed back $14 million and, and didn't get to play a year of his prime. But 
Um, you know, like you said, it's it's a good we weapon for for Sam Darnold up there. It, it's still, I, I don't know about it though. It's still the Jets. I, I still haven't seen quite enough out of Darnold to say they're going to take the next step. But um, yeah, that, that Tyrell Williams, you know, that was your boy. Uh, yeah, I, I guess the Raiders are, are going to pay him a lot of money. You know, that was kind of the rumor that Tyrell was going to get paid. Um, I'm not sure where they're coming up with all this money. You know, with all these reports out there that they're cash strapped, uh, but. That's going to be a fun offense if Derek Carr can figure it out, but that's still a huge question mark for me. Yeah, and the last thing uh, that happened yesterday as well, D. Ford getting traded to the 49ers. The most interesting part about this is that they gave up a, a 2020 second-round pick to get it. That's, I thought was kind of weird. Uh, you, you don't generally see you know players like that being traded for future years' picks. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen anything if they're going to give him a contract. I'm assuming that would be part of the deal because, you know, the Chiefs had given him the franchise tag. But, I mean, you know, we talked about obviously a little bit scary with, with just the one-year production. But the, depending on the money, I mean, giving up a, a future second-round pick, I, I mean, you don't hate that deal for the 49ers. No, I, I, really interesting. That's a 2020. 20, 20. Uh, just kind of odd. You know, you don't see, see guys that are racking up uh, 13 sacks a year get dealt, especially for the Chiefs, who are, who are going to lose Justin Houston and now D. Ford. So uh, that defense was already bad. Uh, now you're just kind of adding to your problems there. So I wonder what the Chiefs are doing there. Maybe they know something we don't. Yeah, that, that, it does make you think that because it's a guy that they've had, and like you said, they've already lost the, their other pass rusher. Um, so it, it does kind of make you wonder there. But anyway, I think that's a definitely an interesting move for the 49ers. All right, so I'll do it for today. Like I said, 1.30 uh, on Wednesday. Free agency officially opens in a, in a few hours, so we'll see a lot of these deals become official as the day goes on today. Um, I'd be interested to see what the Titans do. The one, one more thing we need to mention, Tyrod Taylor going to the Chargers. Uh, just real quick, I mean, that's a guy that we had both kind of – pegged as a guy that would be a good guy a good player to come in here and back up Mariota kind of weird that he picked the Chargers but he's yeah. off the market that that market is dwindling you're down to what Fitzpatrick um you know I've heard Sam Bradford talk uh which I mean I guess is an upgrade over Blaine Gabbert but you know that 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 market that there was kind of you, you had quite a few guys there it's starting to really whittle down at Ryan Tannehill too uh, Ryan you know, Tannehill, yeah. you're, you're hearing he, he could be a backup in, for the Jets uh, which seems odd to me. I think it's a little better than than a backup, maybe a low end starter. But Titans are going to have to pay for one of those one of those guys. Uh, that that's one market where you can't afford to wait because the boat will leave you. You know, we we kind of saw that happen last year. Uh, we were we were cool with Blaine Gabbert, but you know, after what he showed last season, I, I don't want to go down that road again. Yeah, and you can count on at least one or two games. You're gonna yep. you're gonna need that backup. So um, they they need to get something done there. All right, that'll do it for today. Like I said, we'll be monitoring everything. MusicMiracles.com. If anything happens between now and then, uh, you'll you'll see a post there. So follow that. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jay Morris MCM. Terry's at T Lambert TN. So thanks for listening to this episode of Locked On Titans, and we will talk to you again later. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network. But why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NHL team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app. And be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.